What's up, everybody? My name is Anthony, and welcome to Spade the Podcast. And this is the finale of We Are Black Excellence. So, thank you guys for tuning in to part one, part two. Hope you guys enjoyed that. So, this is part three. If you not um, listen to part one or part two, listen to those first before you uh, dive into this part. This uh, episode is going to be the conclusion of my uh, interviews with both my panels, as well as you get some bonus footage actually from the first panel. And you get to hear kind of a testimony of one of the guests. He uh, didn't share it when I was actually recording. So he shared it when we were um we had finished recording. I asked him if it was okay for me to use it. He said yes. So y'all can hear his testimony, um, and then you can also hear some advice that he gives. So again, thank you for supporting, downloading, subscribing. Just in case some of the newer uh, subscribers, they don't know what SPADE is. SPADE uh, stands for Suicide Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Anxiety, Depression, and Epilepsy. Um, I'm bringing awareness to the African-American community in regards to mental health. This is a uh, mental health awareness podcast. So I'm trying to push the narrative that um, it's okay to talk about mental health. Up next that you'll hear is the conclusion of We Are Black Excellence. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to shift uh, gears to the next question. Um, Brandy, uh, you can go ahead and ask this one. So let me just, Xavier, are you, do you come from a family that's full of entrepreneurs? Um, as I got older, I have several cousins that own their own businesses. My sister is a business owner. But um, growing up, I, you know, that wasn't the norm. Everybody, workshops and uh, you know that was a way to make money <laughs> right so so then mentally how does that feel that you're pursuing that knowing that you didn't even come from a background that you know family that trained you on the ins and outs of entrepreneurship it's tough um you know because you don't really as they say know the ropes um uh, you know my i came i was a single parent also, my mother, she passed away when I was a senior in high school. She worked two jobs, went to school to take care of me and my sister. So uh, it's like as I'm literally walking down a road that was paid for me, kind of, you know, so to speak. So um, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's a liberating feeling to know that as I continue to go along, write more books, and, uh, you know, do what I'm doing with uh, my nonprofit as it grows, that I have my children and my wife, you know, who can be proud and looking, you know, say that, but it can be draining because it all goes again goes back to that question like, okay, who am I when you skinny get in your own head and when you're trying to get things done? Um but you know it's it's tough but it's also a liberating for you know, people looking to you looking at you to accomplish some things that uh perhaps wouldn't have been accomplished. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. I um I wanted to Paul, I actually want you to kind of answer that a little bit too, because um Xavier, I just again my so my platform, I I love to get men out and speaking because a lot of men don't speak up and out for a lot of things. So I love when men are speaking. That's mainly what I try to do with my brand. So I'm kind of picking on YouTube tonight um with that. Um but Xavier, um, I, I was kind of that way um, as well. Like I come from a background, it, you'll be surprised why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing because I come from a background where, you know, most of them are married, but they are cheating on each other. You know, mm-hmm. they outside kids, they're unhappy, but they're together for long years. Um, the women in the family don't respect the man. You know, he, they treat him like children in front of company, you know, so I come from a um, drug dealers, all of that. So I come from a family who there was sort of entrepreneurs, but they were unhealthy. So doing what yeah. I'm doing mentally, it's almost like, you know, sometimes I'm in my head and it's like, who are you? You know, it's almost mm-hmm. easier to just follow the path that you grew up in with your family. So um, like you said, you don't, you're, you're paving a way that wasn't paid for you. You don't have a blueprint. So mm-hmm. yeah, that mentally, that can mess with you. Um, as a human overall, but I, I can't even imagine as men, you know, the weight on y'all shoulder when, you know, it comes to something like that. Um, so, Paul, going back to even what you said about the being a pastor and believing in counseling, I just want you to mentally, like, kind of show us how you went through that, because I used to be at a church where for uh, 12 years, I'm no longer there, but um, I was under a leadership who they didn't tell me that they, when I was going through suicide or different things, they would tell mm-hmm. me, um, come to the altar. All you got to do is just come to the altar, get prayed for. Mm-hmm. That was that fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, when I'm weak and can't fast, what do I do? And it was just always get to the altar, get to the altar. You know, it's never see a counselor. It's never short, you know, looking at something deeper, like, Hey, you know, you really are mentally struggling. So, you know, how do you, do you have backlash from like other pastors with that or? Um, if I do, they haven't been a woman enough or man enough to say it to my face. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. But like I personally, like when I was in college, I personally been through depression. I got my mom probably arguably the best prayer warrior I know, like praying, anointing oil, uh, fasting and everything. And she was praying for me. Um, but at the same time, there's a practicality to mental health. And I do feel like it's such a, uh, a stigma and um, in society at large, then it's a stigma um, within the black um, with black people. And then even further, it's a stigma in the black church because we, you know, we have this thing and it's, it's set in the black household and it's not right. And um, what goes on in this house stays in this house. Yeah. No, sometimes yeah. you need to tell somebody. Yes. Yes, because if you don't tell nobody, you won't get healed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just feel like sometimes the church, we can over spiritualize something like just because, for example, just because I'm dealing with depression, it doesn't mean I'm not saved. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm not having um, enough faith. That means I'm human and I'm going through some mental issues. Yeah. And so yeah. like I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare speak where scripture doesn't. But when you study the scripture, you'll see that there are some people that they was more than likely going through some, some mental issues. Think about somebody by the name of um, Elijah, like the, the queen at that time told him in so many words that she was going to kill him. And the brother got scared in so many he words. He was depression. like, all right, Lord, 
Okay, he went into depression. Yeah. He was like, Lord, take me out. Yeah. And Lord gave him, he was like, I'm not going to take you out. You still got more work to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, whatever backlash that, that may come, like, it's whatever, because God comes to to make us whole mind, body, and spirit. So I'm going to keep, you know, speaking to that. And like, similar to what, uh, what Xavier said, like, it's proud to consider myself like an entrepreneur. It even took me a while to like embrace that title oh, yeah, because yeah. like, it's not like weekly income. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it depends <laughs> yeah. on, it depends on the business. It depends yeah. on the month. And right, so I had right. to, you know, get over that imposter syndrome and embrace that. But it's such a proud thing because like looking at y'all, like, I know, I guess my first time meeting y'all, but I'm proud of y'all for doing what y'all doing because I feel like we need more black uh, voices um, in every single arena. So whether it's podcasting or entrepreneur or in ministry, like Xavier, we we need more of that. Yes, and like with Black History, like, of course, you know, we look at, you know, people like Barack or MLK and all oh, that. We mm-hmm. celebrate that. But what we're doing right now is Black History right. in the making. Yep. And so yeah. it's it's a lib- it's like a proud thing because like with Black History, I, I look at, you know, different movies about history and they get mad all over again. But it's like, man, my ancestors literally wouldn't have been able to do yes. what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. Yes. So it's like I'm taking on the mantle yes. And going awesome. further, so it's I'm yeah. I'm proud, I'm proud yeah. black entrepreneur. So yeah, 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 that was good. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, Shaquita, what about you? <laughs> um, my mom and my dad. My dad was a construction worker, and he do he do things. They was business. They was entrepreneurs, but they didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. So I'm the I'm the first entrepreneur in my family. Oh. And that's crazy. They my mom, she cleaned, she had her own cleaning business for like over 15 years, more than that, probably. But she didn't know how to be that. And to mm. this day, she's still learning how to be that. She didn't know how to balance her books. She didn't know how to do none of that. My dad. He did do some of it, but he stopped and started working for somebody else because he felt like he wasn't doing it. Mm. So they both had the the mindset, but they didn't know how to execute the plan. Right, right. So with me, um, I'm the first one out of my family and then everybody else follows suit. And I'm kind of, it's kind of exciting, but at the end of the day, when you become the first person of doing something in your family, you're breaking the generational curse off that family. So I'm kind of excited because all of us are breaking the generational curse off our family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the things about it, it's not that it's, 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 it's going to be mentally draining. It's going to be, we're going to go through warfare. We're going to go through attacks because we're trying to break that cycle. We're mm-hmm. trying to break that curse and the enemy going to always come against us. Yes. Yes. It's going to, that's why we go through depression. That's why we go through suicidal thoughts. That's why we go through so much. It's because the, the enemy tried to mentally drain us for us to not go forth in our purpose and what yes. God called us to do. So yes. at the end of the day, it's like, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, God, oh, this is like, like Paul said, this is, this was a little job with a little money. This ain't even, this ain't even my full time job. This is, I'm going to just do a little bit right here. This going to be a hobby. And everybody was like, oh, Shay, you can make this out of business. At first I was like, I'm not doing this. And God had to show me, because I was like, God, do you really want me to bake? 
But God had to show me this is in your generation. Mm-hmm. Your daddy family did this baking. So I got some stuff for you to do. Not only bake, I got some, I need, I need, I need for you to speak. This is our chance to use our voices. Mm-hmm. We have to be, we have to be there for other people as well. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. how can we like, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. Like, how can we, like he said, we are, we are black history right now. Yes. yes we are right. actually being, we are actually doing what God called us to do. Yeah. And we are actually in this working in different areas though. Yeah. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. It is. I did. That's a, how uh, awesome. I did a panel before um, on my my show and it was on generational curses. And I actually had, and I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but it was a, a guy got on there and I love his mindset. I did a panel with him before in relationships, but he got on there and he said, I want us to stop saying generational curses because curses are something that will, if it stays on you, it can never be broken. It's a curse. It's supposed to stay there. He said, mm-hmm. I want us to start saying generational habits. Let's break these generational mm-hmm. habits. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That exactly good. what you just said, Shakira. Okay, our family may have did it this way at one point, but guess what? God mm-hmm. will use us to do it a different way. So that's a right. habit right. that's been going on in our generation that we're going to break down because we're going to use yes. our voice differently. Yes. We're use our platform differently. So it's right. I, I get I like the that. generational curse, and I still say it every now and then, but mm-hmm. when I say it, it goes back to his comment, and I'm like, Break. Right. It's not like a gen- generational curse, it's a generational habit. Now let's move forward and break habit. the habit. Mm-hmm. So I just thought about that. I but- like that. <laughs> real, like real quick, like what you, what you said, Brandon, because I, I did something in January yeah. about generational curses too. And I was huh. like, instead of saying generational curses, very similar vocabulary, like it's generational choices. And so yes. once you say, once yes. you say it like that, because when you, mm-hmm. when you say curses, kind of like what you say, like, man, I'm just doomed to do this thing. But yeah. when you say oh, choices, it yes. kind of put the power back in you like, oh, this is a choice. Like just because, you know, my daddy drink don't mean I have to drink. And so yeah. it's a choice. Uh-huh. A lot of things, uh-huh. you know, they run in the family. It mm-hmm. don't have to it can it stop don't. with you if you just make yes. a different choice yes. but exactly. anyway just, yes. the preacher no. me got excited when you said this that's, that's right that's, that's, that's the truth though that. that is awesome that's exactly because that's exactly like what that. he said he was like he said i feel like black people in general when we say generational curse we give up kind of because we like oh yeah. well i'm I, well, my daddy was always this so i just saw uh, a drunk so i know i'm gonna be a drunk it's like when we say curse we allow ourselves to give up under that mm-hmm. but when mm-hmm. we change the definition when we change the word it's a generational choice. It's a generational habit. Then our mindset is for processing it differently to be able to move forward. So I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I yes. Like that. yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I like that. Um, I wanted to go ahead and, and wrap it up and um, just go ahead and, and bring this question out. So if you guys were um, given some advice to somebody that is coming on to be an, an upcoming entrepreneur, but is dealing with uh, like the beginning stages of their feeling like, you know, overwhelmed or kind of frustrated on how to get started. What advice would you tell them um, to help to give them encouragement? What would you tell them? Um, Brandy, I want to start with you. Um, so my biggest thing with that, and it's just from my experience, find one or two people who believe in you, you know, who's going to tell you right from wrong, who's not going to try to make your vision their vision. 
Um, mm-hmm. Get away from social media as much as you can. Yes. With the, you know the comparison is going to you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I always know. I feel like my tagline is what kept me on my path. You know, because I I found so many people doing different relationship stuff, and I'm like, oh, I could do that, or I could do that. But then it took me away from my tagline. So when you have a vision and you know the purpose of your vision, no matter what, no matter how long it takes, no matter who's doing what, no matter how how famous somebody looks doing it, no matter how much you feel the money is going to come, stick to the purpose and the vision that was original originally in your heart. With you, so yes, amen. Um, Xavier, what about you? Um. Sounds cliche, but I gotta be who I am. <laughs> mm. um, stay close to God. Stick to Him. Yes. And, and the reason why I say that is, because, you know, uh, kind of like going back to what you said, Anthony. Um, you never know what God will do. You know, even going back to my book, I wrote my book. I think it was like 2016, 2015, something like that. Oh. And it didn't get published until 2018 because. Uh, you know, the money and everything. I had just given up completely uh, because I didn't want I, the money that I was in the publishing company and the job that I was on didn't work out. So I didn't really have it to pay the publishing company. I was like, man, forget it. And even with this, my inner man ministries, um, I had given up on that. I actually got my certificate of existence and um, my nonprofit on my daughter's birthday in 2018 as well, uh, the same year that my book was published, ironically. Um, but I, I'd given up on it because, like again, who am I? Uh, but kind of like what Brandy said, stick to your purpose as well. You know, what God gave you in your vision, in your dreams, whatever it is that he told you that you're supposed to do, stick to it. Don't allow the circumstances of what you're going through to dictate what he, what or, or to negatively dictate, uh, you know, what he already gave you. I'm reminded of the scripture that says he'll provide a way in the wilderness. And I'm a little deliberate witness to different things mm-hmm. that have happened with the book even now of how he's putting people in my path because I'm staying obedient and I'm not getting my own mm-hmm. so stick to him and uh you know just stay close to him and everything that you do. Nice. I agree. I agree. Paul, what about you? Man, I want to say do not believe the lie of the enemy that the market is oversaturated. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember Googling earlier um, in the year, there's over like 600 million blogs. Depending on what what article you read, there's over a million podcasts. There's 130 million books. Um, But at the end of the day, they're not you. Okay. And so can't nobody beat me. I say this humbly, but with confidence, can't nobody beat me being Paul Wesley Calco. Can't nobody beat Mm -hmm. me. They may beat me being a podcaster. They may beat me something else, but they can't beat me being Paul Whistler Calco. Had to give my full name because it's two Pauls on here. But <laughs> I remember another podcaster said, uh, Patrice Washington, she was like, I, I love this analogy. In the year that you was born, God looked down at the world and said, oh, they need a, uh, they need Xavier. They need a Shakuti. And in the year that you was oh, born, wow. God looked at the world and said, they needed a you. And so mm-hmm. like, there's over 8 billion people in this world. So, to the person that's listening with your entrepreneur, podcaster, influencer, or whatever, with 8 billion people in this world, like your niche is out there. Your audience is out there. Your clients are out there. And there's only one you, all right? You have a lot to offer to the market, to the industry. So whenever people say, you know, the market is oversaturated, I mean, 
just throw it out the window. Cause and, and last thing I say to this, cause when I go to the store, there's like a thousand different type of breads. Mm-hmm. All right. So the market ain't oversaturated. Mm-hmm. And I go and get my favorite one every time. And you right. may be somebody and you may be somebody's favorite, but uh let me stop preaching. Y'all, y'all got me riled up over here. <laughs> Shaquita, what about you? Well, my my issue was to you got to be you got to stay original, Mm -hmm. stay original, be authentic, Mm -hmm. have a circle that's going to pray for you, that's going to love you, that's going to support you no matter what. And always keep God first. Like all of them said, you got to keep God first in your in, in in everything, even your business, even if you write in a book doing a podcast, doing whatever you need to do, always keep him first because it's going to always, it's always, he always going to win at the end. You always going to win, especially with him, you're going to win at the end. It's like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Somebody else wrote, I wrote a devotional. I wrote a devotional book. I was like, it's too many people wrote one. Joyce Meyer won one, but God said, no, Shaquita need to write one. So I had to write a book. I wrote a book as well. So I was like, oh God, I, it's too many people. I don't know what, I don't know how to start. God put somebody in my um, path to um to do a devotional book. And we had devotional class. So we so we ended up writing a book. I wrote my book. They everybody else had a different, different them. It was a different, um, it was a different book. Everybody wrote a different book, but it was the same 30-day devotional book, though. Mm. So be you, be authentic. Don't change for nobody. I don't even care if you do get, if you go up and shoot up to and be a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever, stay you. Don't compare yourself to other people. Get off the, yeah, get off social media. Yeah. When you, even if you have to, yeah, do your business. I do, I be on social media for my business and personal, but I know how to shut off social media for a while and to get back, get to get back to God and get back to me. Because if, because if you don't, you're going to compare yourself to everybody and you, you, you're going to never, you're not going to never do the things that God called you to do. Yes. So be you. It's only one of you in this world. How are you going to change it? How are you going to change somebody's life? Yeah. Are you going to be that motivator? Are you going to be that cur- encourager? Are you going to be that speaker? Are you going to be, what are you going to be for somebody else? Mm-hmm. How God is going to use you mm-hmm. on your pulpit, on your mantle. Yes. How do you want to be used? So what do you want to do? So like, like I said, be you. That is my word for you. Cause I had to learn that myself too. Yeah. I like that. And oh yeah, stop pleasing people too. Yeah. Stop being a pleasing people. Yeah. Stop yes. it. Stop. Stop mm-hmm. listening. Like he says, stop listening to what the devil got to say. Stop listening to the lies. Stop listening to other people. Well, they say, well, I should do it like this. No, you should do it like God told you to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem as well, too. You got to stop being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely right. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. Well. Guys, thank you so much for being on. I think this was like an awesome, awesome discussion. This is one of my best episodes. Like the panel here, y'all, y'all were like sick. Y'all were crazy good. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I really think um, the listeners out there, I think y'all are really going to enjoy this episode.
episode, like as a whole, um, you listen to part one and you listen to part two, you are really going to learn some valuable um, information. So really just continue to um, support everybody. I'm going to have all of the businesses and stuff labeled in my info so you guys can check out everyone. Brandy, again, uh, tell everybody uh, your podcast name again. It's Conquering Relationships. Okay. And Paul, what's what's your uh, podcast? Real People, Real Talk. Real People, Real Talk. All right. And um, Shaquita, what's uh, your business? Kingdom Cupcakes Galore. Kingdom Cupcakes Galore. Okay. And Xavier, what was your uh, business? Inner Man Ministry. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to have all of that down so you guys can follow up and you can check them all out. Um, and again, make sure y'all y'all download this episode. Like this is very, I really think this is very, some wonderful information for all my entrepreneurs out there that you guys can really learn, you know, from this. You know what? I have not. Um, I'm gonna say this, and, and I'm get off. Um, <clears throat> 2020 mm-hmm. um, was a rough year for me, not because of COVID, because I was, you know, at tw- in 2019 when I when I got when things start to get out of hand, got out of hand with my PTSD, and I start mm-hmm. to just, which is part of one of the reasons I closed down the dry clean factory, was mm-hmm. because um, it just got too overwhelming, and a lot of the defenses over the course of the years that I used to keep myself going and, and no one really knew um begin to break down because of the uh, pressure and stress of the business um and so 2019 2019 2020 i did i i was done if you wasn't you wasn't inside of my household i didn't talk to anyone so this is the first time that i've kind of come out and really just had a conversation with anyone wow. um yeah, so I, wow. I was kind of laid up. So yeah, so I, I'm I'm good now. And I can talk about it. I mean, I'm I'm better. I'm a lot better. I'm I'm, right. I'm organically better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Yeah, and and I, and uh, for me to even talk about it, it because I don't do a whole lot of talking anyway. I say what I have to say, and that's right. it. Right. And, and so um, so I'm talking about it now, and I'm expressing it because that's that's also yeah. part of my therapy. And right. So yeah, it, I was about it, to say it, it's very ther- it's therapeutic. Yeah. It's yeah. very therapeutic. And and yeah. you do feel better when you talk. Well, I feel better when I talk about it. And right. So, right. And so um so here we are. But you're <laughs> so good. You're good at it, liberal. Right. Liberal. It's just like right. I never would have known. Me either. Yeah. It, it just comes so so natural and uh-huh. just so still flowing and mm-hmm. and then you incorporated your business with it and you're you're being open and honest and transparent about your journey. With so many entrepreneurs, sometimes do and don't do that. People need to know it's not a piece of cake out here, and to know that you're dealing with some stuff on a personal side. Nobody's perfect, right? And so I say all that to say thank you for sharing. You did a tremendous job. I wouldn't have never known that had you said anything. You, right. you, me, you sound like you need your own podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Little known black history fact: When I was in college, I did radio for five years. 
right here on thursday night we're sitting in with anthony and julie logan we're going to be talking about the things that happen in the black history Month. <laughs> join us as we take this journey down <laughs> yeah so kind of an unfair advantage i know but <laughs> Anthony, sounds like to me you have you have your opening and your closing with the Brad Crawford right there for your right, uh-oh. right. I'm just yeah, I do. I don't. <laughs> hey, I will say this: if, if anybody needs information about uh, doing uh, business credit, and I didn't say this to the podcast, I'll just tell it to you, and you use it however you choose too. But if anybody needs to know something about uh, personal credit and also uh, business credit, they can contact me at the Credit Underdog. Um, it, it's important because in the world we live in right now, everything is predicated on credit from the, you know, and so they have to get that together. And particularly in our neighborhood, because we don't we don't understand a lot of us financial literacy, which also leads back to us having issues with mental health in our community. Mm-hmm. When you're broke, you feel bad. When you're broke, you do bad. And one thing precipitates the other. And so um, on the personal side, we're more than helping to, you know, to, to educate them on personal credit. And then also to help them understand business credit. It's not about you having all the money. It's you having a plan and understanding where to get the resources and how to use those resources to to uh, to, uh, to better our community. And that is 100% what, what we're all about. And uh, and that is building the community. And so you asked me earlier, you asked me what it is I do, uh, what it is I do. <clears throat> and I really wanted to answer that in a different way. And it's not for me, it's not so much what I do, it's what I believe. And what it is, I believe, is that everyone uh, should be actively participating in building their own community. And I also believe that um, everybody should have an experienced American dream of what it is written to be. I think that everybody has the right to a comfortable life. Uh, I think everybody should have the right to home ownership. And I think everybody should have uh, access and understand financial literacy. And when they do, all the aforementioned things fall into place, the things that plague us in our community in terms of mental health and all, all the crime and everything else that happens, it changes. When we get our finances together, we can get our political life together. When we get our political life together, a lot of other things change. But it all starts with, A, getting your finances together. Because he who has a goal makes the rule. It really is just that simple. Truly, it so, is. So do you provide um, folks with resources on how to build if they're just starting from scratch? <clears throat> so like, for example, this commercial business for me, I'm mm-hmm. starting from scratch building my business credit sure do you provide resources on how to do that or how does that work yeah there's initially 16 steps for setting up a business and uh when you get the foundation set up right we, we do that to help you become fundable and the simple things that a, a person would never you know they get denials for things they, that they would never even think of just have not even having a professional email address like you know a lot when i talk to a business owner when i say uh what's your email address and they'll say uh um Sally Mae at, uh, at, dot, at gmail.com. No, you don't realize it, but on the backside of it, behind the curtain, where all the action happens, you just lost banking points. You just lost points because right now, when you are dealing with uh, financing, you're not talking to an individual anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's all algorithms, you know, and so you, it's, it's man against machine. And that, and that computer and that algorithm is looking for certain sets. And if you don't hit and check inside that box where the things it's looking for, you get denied. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, your address, how you set up, 
does your EIN number match with yeah. your uh, secretary of state? Does that matter? You know, and all those things, it, 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 there's congruency there. If you out of step anyway, they think it is fraud, you can deny. You could have been, you, and, and sometimes it doesn't matter how much you're doing in revenue. Right. It's what the computer's looking for. And it's those tricks of the trade. And so, um, yeah, we help help people set them up. We educate them and teach them all of that stuff to get them where you're going. It doesn't matter if you're trying to, if you're already in business or, you are, or, or you're trying to start one. Yeah, we'll help them out. And I tell people that you have to work on your personal credit, even though you don't necessarily want to use it. You don't want to be a PG, a personal guarantee. You try to stay away from that as much as possible. But sometimes when underwriters look at it, they'll say, you know, how can you have this impeccable business credit or this good business credit, but your personal credit is is, is, is shambles. It doesn't match. So sometimes your personal credit has to be in, in good shape just so they can look at it and match it up because they're looking for all kinds of things to make sure that you are who you say you are, you are legitimate so they can authenticate you. And so but there's, you know, there's a lot to it, simple as it is, but there's a lot to it, a lot of things that that uh, that people don't understand. And so and I, I'm so desperately want our community to, to, to grow and be so much better. And we got to get our, we got to get our economics together. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's why I'd like for you to go ahead and do that piece on uh, economics and mental health in our community. It's, it's you know, I, I say this, every Sunday I would go to church, and trust me, I believe in the power of prayer and all that. But I look at sometimes, I watch the people in the prayer line, and this is no judgment, but I will listen to, the, uh, see the people in the prayer line, and you kind of watch them. I do. I would watch the patterns, and I'd see the same people, and I understand, okay, when they finish praying, what was the action that needed to be taken to keep them from going back into the prayer line? And most of the stuff that they would pray for and a lot of things that they're looking for, it's all predicated on finances. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's all predicated on finances. Uh, the majority of it is if we can fix that, our prayer lines would be shorter or we would play for, pray for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But simply put, if, you know, I'll help you guys in any kind of way that you need. Um, um, just because. Do you mind if I use uh, some of what you just said? in the uh, actual episode? I don't care. Do what you do. That's fine, you know, because it's all about the community, man. Okay. It really is. I just want to, you know, get your permission and everything. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, also use, I'm about to do a A and B selection here. You can put that in there as well. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this is a joke. It has been fun. It was really good. This is a really good session.